welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome. Let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. Welcome back to the show today, and I am really excited to be able to have on with us today, Laura Folks. And Laura is a certified holistic health coach, and she supports busy adults who know what they should be eating, but have a hard time consistently sticking to it. So adults like me, um, to radically transform their relationship with food. And, you know, I, I say that laughingly, but I feel like that's so many of us, so many um, you know, that I've met friends, you know, I, I feel like we've all had this struggle with food, with understanding, you know, first of all, what to feed ourselves. And then once we've, we've learned that, like you said, we know, we know what we should be eating. We know what's good for us, but why, why do we have a hard time with this? I'm hoping you're going to shed light on this, but, um, first and foremost, thank you for being on. And Laura, if you don't mind, do you want to, um, just kind of introduce yourself to us and share a little bit of your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited to be here and I'm hoping that I can shed some light on all of that as well, because it is something that does come up for a lot of people and it was something that I struggled with too. So that is a good segue into my story. Um, I really struggled with my weight starting around the age of 12. I did diet starting at 13 and then would be successful for a little while. I could lose some weight and then I would put it all back on plus more. I got to a point where I was really burnt out from dieting and was, I just, It took me a little while. Finally, I was able to take a few different approaches to lose the weight. And I ended up losing 60 pounds in 2008. And at that time, I was also working in advertising um, and found that a lot of my coworkers and family members were coming to me asking me for advice as they were going through their weight loss journeys. And they were, they would ask me like, how do you stay so consistent? How do you keep your willpower up? How do you stay so disciplined? And I really enjoyed talking to them and working with them through their journeys. As I was starting to get burnt out from my career, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up learning health coaching from a friend, decided to get my And at that point, so this was like in 2013. And remind, I'll remind you that I lost the weight in 2008. So at this point I've been keeping off the weight for about five years and I was still in the cycle where I knew what to do and I wasn't always doing it. Like I would, I could be quote unquote good for a little while. And then I would say, screw it. I'd eat whatever I wanted. I'd have to rein it back in again and then have to get back on track to lose any weight that I had gained. And I was also thinking about food a lot and would even be afraid of getting hungry if I was out and about for a little while. So 
when I was getting my certification, I actually started putting on a little bit more weight. And at this point I had more information than ever. Like I had already known what to do from these plans that I had followed. I now had more information from my, the school I went to, which was the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And then I was putting on weight again. And I was like, this is really bizarre. Why, what is happening? And I ended up getting introduced to my health coach and started going through her program which is called Truce with Food, and really started exploring my relationship with food to understand more of what was leading me to self-sabotage. And as I was going through that process, it really helped transform so many different things in my life and was so eye-opening. I never thought of myself as an emotional eater. And as I went through that program, I realized how I would be triggered emotionally and more internally. And that's what would lead me to eat. It wasn't just about the food. And so that really helped to shape what I do now with my clients. And I have also gotten certified in throughout the last five years as I've been coaching in the truce with food process. And so now that's what I take my clients through as well. I love how you said like exploring your relationship with food, because that's really what it is. I I was recently telling my husband, um, you know, I want to come back and touch on like emotional eating because I feel like that's a really big thing. But I was also telling my husband, I've recently been reading the book Medical Medium. And I was reading about the section where it talks about like adrenal fatigue and like one of the symptoms being like um, needing constant stimulation. So whether that's like, like eating, smoking, all of these things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's been like my journey the last 10 years. I told them, I really feel like my, my battle with food, I feel like it's been my entire life, but it started as a stimulation for me back when I used to work night shifts and I would eat to stay awake. I told them, I feel like ever since then, like, you know, even now I'll catch myself if I'm starting to get sleepy while I'm sitting at my computer working, or if I just really need to get up and move around and stimulate myself, I'm walking through the kitchen and I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this? So I just thought that it was really interesting. Um, you know, so often we're just going through those subconscious motions, you know, of walking through the kitchen, putting something in our mouth and not stopping to think about like, why I'm not even hungry? Why, why am I doing this? So um, I just wanted to throw that in there because I thought that it was, it was an interesting insight. But again, it's getting curious and getting observant about these habits and these behaviors. So I'm gonna stop talking. And um <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about like emotional eating. So, um, what were some of, you know, what are some of the, the ways that you might be kind of clued into knowing if you are emotionally eating? Well, I think the example you just talked through is an, is a great example. Um, because there's four common triggers that typically lead us to eat out of alignment with our goals. And one of them is feeling tired and feeling tired can be not only physical depletion, but it can also be mental or emotional depletion too. Um, So that's the first, one of the first triggers. And then there's also feeling anxious. And a lot of times with anxiety, we don't learn, there's typically some level of uncertainty involved too, because we don't learn how to deal with uncertainty. So it shows up in our bodies as anxiety feeling inadequate is another one and feeling inadequate. A lot of my clients will think like, I'm not the type of person to feel inadequate. I feel like I'm enough. However, it's usually not that they feel inadequate in all areas of their life. It's usually just 
a piece of an aspect of their life where they might feel like they're not an expert. So they might feel not good enough or inadequate in that one area. Um, so lonely is the fourth one. And with lonely, feeling lonely, we might have a great support system around us, but we can still feel isolated or alone as well. So those are the four common triggers and how we can know if we're a quote unquote emotional eater is like I said, I didn't really think I was an emotional eater, but some signs is when, when you are thinking about food in a way that is not really proportionate. So like you said, you know, I, I wasn't actually hungry, but I was eating anyways, or you were like mindlessly walking into the kitchen, or if you're overindulging in a food and there's a lot of internal dialogue around that of, I shouldn't be eating this. Why am I doing this? I'll just get back on track. There's a lot of shame and guilt or anything like that, that is associated with it. That's when we want to look at it to see what could be triggering that. And one of the ways to start to break that automatic pilot is to really get clarity and awareness. And one way, one way to do that is to think about what the acronym I use for those triggers is tail and to think about which tail emotion is triggering my unaligned eating. Um, and that can just help pull you out to see that there is actually something else that's leading you to eat. And it's not just that you're lacking willpower or discipline. I love acronyms. So I love that tail acronym because it's a really quick way to check in with those triggers. Am I tired? Am I feeling anxious, inadequate, or lonely? And then I wrote down also looking at your internal dialogue because so often we, we, you know, we've heard too how important our self-talk is and the way we're talking to ourselves and things like that. But yeah, like you just said, I'll be walking through the kitchen thinking, what am I doing? I don't need to be eating this. And, and we don't even realize that we're doing that. So I'm like, oh, you're touching on all of the, all of the points. Yeah. And I also like to think too, that a lot of times the way that we're turning to food or like the way that we're eating is actually protective. And also some of our dialogue, even though it might feel critical and it might feel like it's degrading sometimes that's typically protective too. And so what we want to look at throughout the process that I take my clients through is we want to see like, how have you learned to protect yourself in a way that has served you in many ways, but is also no longer serving you and is keeping you stuck in others. And so we want to start to see if we can piece out like how it or parse out how you're protecting yourself and keeping trying to keep yourself emotionally safe and how it's kind of like sabotaging you and actually leading to the opposite to have for it to happen. Mm, I love that. It takes on more of just that, um, you know, because there's a whole mind, I feel like there's a whole mind, body, spirit approach that we could take to everything. Um, so I love that you're really tapping into that. So, um, you know, we talked about willpower and why is it that like, you know, willpower alone will not, like you said, it, it lasts for so long, but then you find yourself almost stuck in this cycle. And so what, what do you really use to kind of break that cycle? So like I mentioned earlier, clarity and awareness can be a really powerful tool and is also part of the process. And that can make a huge difference in terms of breaking the cycle. And to clarify, like I, you might have your own definition of the cycle, but I will share my definition of the cycle. And it's like an unconscious cycle that we're typically in when we're eating out of alignment with our goals. And it starts with those triggers. So 
those are the thing, those are the triggers that trip, typically trip it off. And again, those are common triggers. It might be, your triggers might be a little bit different. There might be some variations of them. So it's a matter of really figuring out what are the triggers that come up for you. But after we have those tail triggers of feeling tired, anxious, inadequate, or lonely, we have a story. And the story was created earlier in our lives when we didn't always have the context of what was happening out in the world and in the context of a, of a situation. And so we made the story about us and it was also developed to keep us safe. And to give you a little bit of an idea or an example, my story was if I feel misunderstood, then I could fail and would end up alone. And that came up from being bullied when I was in middle school. So that's how that was developed. And I didn't have the full context that like these people, these kids, they were just, who knows what was going on in their lives. And of course it felt really personal and it felt like they were attacking me, but that made me feel misunderstood. And I learned at that point that being misunderstood is not a good thing and that it could lead to rejection. And so that carried throughout my life a little bit um, even when I was in advertising, if I got an email from a boss or, or a client or something where I felt misunderstood, it would lead me to spiral without realizing it. So that was really powerful to figure out throughout the work that I did. Um, so from the triggers, we've got that story and then we have a stress response. And the stress response is just like with animals when they go into fight, flight or freeze mode, we have emotional stress responses that are to compete, avoid or accommodate. And with each of those, there's a different behavior based on which stress response you have and which stress response is most common for you. And um, you might have a different behavior for each one. So the behaviors that come out of those are competitors tend to compare themselves to other people's my, uh, bodies or their skill sets. You can also, if you're a competitor, you might compare your current version of your body to a past version of your body. They also tend to feel like they're falling, they're always behind. They're kind of like running a marathon, but the finish line continues to move and they just can't ever catch up with it. Uh, avoiders are your typical procrastinators where they, <laughs> and Christy's pointing to herself saying that that's her. <laughs> um, so avoiders tend to procrastinate, they build up their to-do list and they don't take action. Um, because they end up in like an analysis paralysis. And then accommodators tend to fall off of their to-do list. And they're the ones that are like the people pleasers. They like to be the fixers and they like to, um, not that they like to, they end up putting other people's needs ahead of their own and falling off of their to-do list. And so based on those behaviors, and one thing to note with all of those too, is you might find that you do a little bit of each of them, or there can be combinations of these stress responses as well. So now we have your triggers, your story, your stress responses, behaviors that leads to eating out of alignment with our, with your goals. Then when you lose self-trust and then it loops back into the trigger. So when it feels like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's like a snowball that you just, you keep thinking like, oh, I'll get back on track on Monday. I'll get back on track next week. I'll get it back on track tomorrow. And it just doesn't, can it just, you aren't able to get back on track. It's probably that you're stuck in this cycle and so when people talk about losing willpower or discipline, this is typically the cycle that they're actually in. It's not really that they are losing willpower or discipline. It's more of there's been so many triggers and a buildup of the triggers and event and probably this cycle that has been building up that it's kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts where you just you lose your ability to really care or just to even get back on track.
Wow. I love the way as you were uh, talking, I'm writing down that whole, the whole loop, like you said, the cycle, um, you know, being able to identify our triggers, then looking at the story behind it. So while you were sharing your story, I was thinking, wow, what would be, um, you know, kind of my story? I've been able to identify my triggers, but I'm curious to kind of ponder more on like, wow, where did I, you know, what's my story with that? Where did I pick those up? Yeah, the story, typically, it takes us about an hour and 45 minutes in the first session to get to the story. So it is, um, it can be a process to figure out what that is. And usually, even after that first session, it's still a rough draft. And we continue to refine the story over four sessions. So if you wanted to, we could start digging into it if you're open to that, but it can be really vulnerable as well. Uh, but just to know that it might be challenging to figure out what that story is right off the bat, because we do go through a process to figure out and define what that is. Mm, and that's what I love. Like you said, you probably have all the right questions to ask to pinpoint in on, which is why it's really important to be able to work with somebody like you. So, um, you know, we've been talking about, so with your, your program, then you walk through all of those exact, exact things that you were talking us to us about. Yeah. We really break down, like that's basically the course map of what we take, what I take people through is really getting clear on what their triggers are. How are their stress responses depleting them throughout the day? That's leading them to eat. How is all of that, um, causing them to fall off track and using any, a lot of times throughout the process, there will still be slip ups or there will still be falling off track and having an, a binge or an overindulgence. And we don't look at that with judgment. It's more of, okay, that's a sign that there was something going on. Let's look and see how was your story activated? What triggers were coming up? How was your stress response coming up? And what we really want to do is like that story was actually it was developed because we're living, we've been socialized to believe certain things and we've been socialized in a way to, to show up in certain areas of our lives and stuff. And so that story was created based on how we were socialized to learn to be, whether it was, you know, I learned that when I'm, when you're bullied or if you're misunderstood, then that's a bad thing. And there can be opportunities to learn from that. Or is it really, if, it was, was it really that I was misunderstood or is there more context that I was missing? And so what we want to do is move from that socialized way of thinking to more of a self-authoring way of thinking and really working on rewriting that story so it doesn't continue to control you today. And so that's what we really do throughout the process is like the first half of the process is really about unearthing and digging up and figuring out like what's leading you to take fall off track. And then we want to get into the rewriting and self-authoring of the, your story so that you can now learn new ways to be so that you don't need the food to get you through or to help you feel safe emotionally. Ooh, so good. While you're talking, I was thinking of um, how often too with food, we use it as um, almost like an expression of love in a way. I was just thinking even with my own kids, I've caught myself doing this like, oh, you had a great day at school or you, you know, got a great report card. Let's go get a treat. Let's go get an ice cream or you know, my son always asked me to cook him his favorite like potato salad. And so, you know, when I'm like, oh, I really want to show him that I'm thinking about him today, this, and I'm like, it, it automatically turns to food. So I was just thinking there's so much wrapped up 
so much more meaning wrapped up around like our food than just like literal nutrition and fueling our body. Like there's so much more wrapped up in it. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily see that with like the other things we need to survive. Like there's not a lot and maybe there could be some, I don't know. I say there's a lot of, not a lot of like emotion or things like that wrapped up in just like breathing air. Like, Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I was thinking even like you need money to live, but there can be a lot of emotion and it's kind of the same thing. Like if you've been hearing a lot of people talk about money mindset, like that can be, it's, and a lot of it has to do with your parents, right? And like how you were raised around finances and what you were taught around finances. And it's kind of the same thing with food, even though maybe it's true with finances or not. Like if people, if your parents actually spoke to you about finances and how to be responsible with your money and things like that. But with food, sometimes it's just how we interpret or how we like the learned or how we've observed our parents around food and their bodies. Cause it's not just about the food either. It's also what we think about our bodies or like what we've learned is to believe. And again, the socialization around our bodies and learning that fat is bad and being thin is good. And how were we socialized to believe that? Who were the influences? What influences did you have that led you to feel like to believe those things? And we actually explore all of that throughout the program too. Oh, that's incredible. And I think that that's so important too, because that's, you know, a huge part of making those transform transformational changes. So like I said, my own journey has led me through, um, you know, weight gain. I ended up actually having gastric bypass. So weight loss surgery and then, you know, losing all that weight, but still dealing with, um, that underlying, uh, root emotional cause of, you know, what was causing overeating and then it switched to alcohol and then it was like tobacco. <laughs> and so, um, I, I think it's so important, like so important, like you said, to get down to that root cause. Yeah. And it's more than just, like you said, it's really tied down in like mindset, beliefs, emotions. So I love what you're doing. So if somebody wanted to come and work with you, Laura, where are they able to find you at online and where are they able to follow you? Yes. Yeah, so they can find me on my website, which is laurabfolks.com. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as well. And on Instagram, I'm laurab.folks and on Facebook, I'm laurabfolks as well. I will make sure that we have everything linked in show notes. So they're able to, um, scroll down, connect with you. So I kind of wanted to roll back around. Um, you know, I've got the triggers written down here and I'm thinking, so the next time that I get kind of tired and I'm going in looking for stimulation in the kitchen, (laughs) what can I do? (laughs) One of the first things to do is to even think about like, what is it that you need in that moment? Because if you're tired Is it, well, first of all, like what's leading you to be tired? Is it that you haven't had enough sleep? Is it that you are feeling drained emotionally and like need to unload a little bit? And basically like what will help you replenish and recharge? So that's a good question to ask yourself of, because a lot of times when we're just functioning in that, that automatic pilot and we're just tired and need some energy, my guess is, do you typically crave sugar or carbs when you're tired? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's really fuel. Right. And so like 
how else can you fuel your body? Like what will help you feel recharged? And sometimes it might be taking a 10 minute nap or going for a walk or whatever it is that will help replenish you in a way that doesn't involve food if you're not actually hungry. If you have been missing a nutrient or something like that in a meal, that's something else to look at that could be leading you to be tired. And but typically you'll be hungry as well. But if you're not actually hungry, that's where you really want to look at, like what will actually help me replenish, what will help me recharge and replenish. Mm, I love that question. I ask myself that a lot of times. What do I need? Especially when I get into, um, I have five boys. So, and they've been home for the last like year and uh, like the last 10 years with COVID. It feels like 10 years. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> but yeah. um, um you know, and I love that question. Sometimes I'll get in like these emotionally charged situations or I'll, you know, get really upset after we've had a situation and I'll ask myself, what do you need in this moment? Do you need to go take a break? Like you said, do you need to go take a walk? Do you need to go do like a short meditation? Do you need to just go sit outside? But, um, you know, always trying like not to tie that to food, the same with like rewards, trying not to tie that to food. Um, because how often I used to be really bad about that too. I had a really rough day. I'm going to go get a Starbucks. They're like at a rough day. I deserve to eat a cheesecake or, you know, something like that. And so even, even being able to like, you know, shift out of that mindset and, um, consider like my treats or my self-care and my ways of like rewarding myself, like navigating that away from food was really important. Yeah. And two things about that is one is one thing that you mentioned is like, if you've been charged, if you've been emotionally charged, or if you are like really upset about something, something that can be really helpful is to try to not react right away and just take a step back and see like, when you have a little bit of space and distance, first of all, is your view of what actually happened accurate? Because a lot of times we are functioning more from like the wounded side of ourselves than and making meaning about things when we don't actually have an accurate view. So sometimes when we have a little bit of space and time and distance from that, then we can get a little clearer of a view of what actually happened. So not reacting right away can be a really powerful tool. And then also to help with those triggers and Um, when, like you were saying too, at the end of the day, if you had been emotionally charged or something and you're like, I'm going to reward myself with a Starbucks or, or whatever it might be, even thinking about, because like I said, it can be a buildup of these triggers and it's, it's more of like death by a thousand paper cuts. It's not like one big event. There could be one big event and it could be a lot of little things kind of like little minnows that are nibbling away your willpower throughout the day. And so it can be helpful to like, do an exercise where you map out your day, where you actually write down like what, what happened leading up to when you ate out of alignment with your goals and writing down, not just like the triggers, but also the events and what did that trigger in you? So we're not actually looking at the event itself. So for example, like if your boss sent you an email that was, that they were, yelling at you, or you took it as they were yelling at you, they were giving you negative feedback. Let's just say that if they were giving you negative feedback, what did that trigger in you? We don't want to look at like, Oh, I got an email from my boss and he was mean. It was more of like, what did that trigger in you? Did it trigger in you that you were failing? Did it make you feel inadequate? Did it make you feel anxious? Like what was it that it triggered in you and doing that throughout the day to see what actually led to the food 
can be really helpful to, even if it happens after the fact, it can still reduce some of that guilt and shame and help you get back on track faster without like staying in that spiral. And it can, cause it, some of that can be like a shame spiral. And then also just even that unconscious cycle can continue to feed into itself. If you finish up that day feeling inadequate or feeling like a failure, and then it's like, oh, I'll get back on track tomorrow. And then you know, you have to face your boss the next day. And it's like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to get back on track today. I'll wait until Saturday or Monday or whatever it is. Um, and so that can help break that cycle to just go through an exercise like that. Mm, I love that, that map out your day, because um, I do that too. When I walk through with some of my clients, when we're talking about like dealing with difficult parenting situations, and there's so many times that, you know, um, like with myself, I'm just like, well, I didn't handle that the way that I wanted to. And so I'm thinking about it, you know, with that, when I get to the end of the day, I think, how would I have handled that differently? And I go through a scenario in which I would have handled it differently, like what I would have said or done instead. And then that way, the next time that I find myself in that situation, I'm prepared. Do you feel like this is kind of what we could do with food? Would that be a similar technique that we could use just mapping out your day? Like, okay, where did it start? You know, where did I start kind of maybe spiraling or start, you know, struggling and like it went downhill, like use the word downhill from there. Would it be about looking at like what maybe I could do tomorrow to help with the triggers? Would it be at looking at the triggers or? Yeah. Sometimes it can just be helpful. Like it becomes more of like a muscle as the more you practice it too. And just even what we want to do is be able to catch the stuff happening sooner and sooner. So before you eat and it takes time, it's definitely a practice, but like even that example that you were talking about with like, oh, I should have handled this differently with my kids. If you found yourself eating later that day, especially after the kids went to sleep and you were like, oh, I'm going to have a reward or a treat. What did that, what did that situation trigger in you? How did that make you feel as a parent, as a mom? Like, did that make you feel inadequate? Did you, that make you feel like you weren't good enough because you had let your kids down or what was it that it triggered in you that led you to eat? And then again, what can be helpful is to just like in the next time it happens, just being able to ask yourself faster when you realize it of like, what did this trigger in me? And also is this an accurate view, which can be really hard when we are functioning from that more of that, um, when we're functioning in that place of coming from a place of safety and like trying to protect ourselves and we don't really know know it. And which is why it can be really helpful to know what our story is because most likely whatever it triggered in you is part of your story as well. And so that can be helpful to know what the story is so that then when you see it coming up, it's like, oh, okay, this is coming from something that happened earlier in my life. And now like, this is not necessarily an accurate view of what's happening. And if you need to get more information, you can also, depending on how old your kids are, you could always ask them, like, how did that make you feel when I did this? And getting more context of, from the situation to know if you really do have the accurate view of how you took the situation or how you reacted to it too. I was thinking of like rewriting the story. So that's exactly what it would be like. Like at the end of the day, when you're like, okay, what, what am I going to do different? That's like you said, re- that rewriting the story process. So, so as we kind of close out, Laura, I just have to say, I feel like this episode has, you have given us so many great things to look at so many great tips. I feel like with everything, a huge part of the process is getting self-aware. I think that that's something that you can start with at 
any point, um, it's a great first stop in starting your journey is getting a journal and just getting really self-aware. So, you know, whether it's eating, you want to tackle, you know, parenting, whatever it is that you want to tackle, just getting really self-aware, like you said, of your triggers of the story around it, of what's going on and just journaling those things out. So then when you come to see Laura, when you go down and you scroll down and you click on her, you've already been journaling and you're ready to go to tell her, Hey, here's what I've been looking at already. Yeah. And if, if people want, need something to help with exploring their relationship with food too, I do have an ebook on my website. That's a four-step approach to help them figure out what's eating away at their willpower, what's leading to self-sabotage. And so that can, that will give you that mapping out the day exercise, figuring out your triggers. It'll also help you figure out your stress responses. And there's some food experiments in there as well. So that could be a good starting point for anybody who wants to start exploring what is happening so that then it could give you enough self-awareness, which would be fantastic. And if you feel like you need added support afterwards, then I'm here as well. Oh, that is perfect. That is perfect. Most definitely that is going to be linked up in show notes. Go down, take advantage of that. Um, I love, like you said, that could be enough to really just help you, or it could just be enough to be like, okay, I need to, to dig more into this. And then, like you said, you get to reach out to Laura. Um, I just have to thank you, Laura, for being on today. As we kind of close out, is there any kind of last, um, any last things that you want us to know or last words of advice for our audience? Um, in terms of advice, I would just say, hang in there. You're not alone in this journey. A lot of of times people feel like it can be isolating to be working through their relationship with food because it can feel really vulnerable to share it with other people and other people are also going through similar things and I've been there myself I've been helping my clients through it so you don't have to live in your own head around your relationship with food and that there is a way out. Um, so I do want to just share that. And then I also do, in addition to that ebook, I do offer free 40 minute curiosity calls. And so if any of this has resonated, or if you want to dig into it a little bit more to figure out how this relates to you and your situation, I will be curious, which is, and you can bring your curiosity and we can chat about what your goals are, what your challenges are, what's kind of been swirling around in your mind throughout the years. And um, we can, I'll give you some insights and then we can talk about if the truth with food approach and my approach is right for you or not. And if it's not, I'm not afraid to share that. So it's not really a hardcore sales call. It's just more of genuinely wanting to hear about your situation and wanting to get you help you get the support that you feel that you need. Mm, I love it. Laura, thank you so, so much giving your time, being on today, sharing all of this fantastic information with us. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for listening to the Self Project Podcast. Make sure that you scroll down and you check out the show notes so you can connect with our awesome guests from today and also come over and follow me on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin to see more of what I've got going on. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you can get regular updates and I will see you next time.